It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly Oregon market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome. It's Monday, September 23rd, 2019. Oh, yeah, I had a few cups of coffee getting ready. But I was excited about today's podcast, as I am each and every week, because I listen to so many podcasts, and I realize what an honor it is, and I realize how much I enjoy listening to other podcasts, and I enjoy the feedback we're getting from having you, our listeners, listen to the podcast. So really appreciate you being here. I could give so many shout-outs right now, so many people that contacted us. But I want to just say this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. In the hot topic this week, I caught up with a guy by the name of Scott Rose, who's Chief Innovation Officer for class valuations. And we talked about some current challenges going on in the valuation space and the type of appraisal technology that is possible today and the value that it brings lenders. So really interesting. You're going to enjoy this conversation I had with Scott. The best part is after we shut off the recorder, he and I talked, I think, another hour about a lot of other things. What an interesting guy. Really enjoyed me and getting to know Scott Rose of Class Valuation. You're going to enjoy the interview. It is pre-recorded and it'll be in the hot time topic segment a little bit later on. I want to say a big thank you to the Industry Syndicate. We're honored to be one of the original members of the Industry Syndicate. It's a growing number of podcasts within the industry, mostly focused on the origination side. We're the original ones that are focusing on the operational side of the business and the C-level executives and the managers throughout the industry. But it's also really interesting, when you look at our listener mix, we really attract the up-and-comers in the industry. Think about it. How many people are going to listen to an hour podcast about operations and the regulatory stuff, the profit doctor, technology. Of course, everyone's kind of interested in technology because we all want to see what's happening. It's still real. But it's really interesting what's going on and who we attract. So several people said, Dave, we pay attention and we interview. When they say they're a regular listener to the Lickin' on Lending podcast, would they ask a question in the interview? If they say they're listeners on Lickin' on Lending, he says, Lickin', that gets, uh, gets them some real kudos. So anyway... Hey, quick update from Mitch Cohen, Director of Public Relations and Marketing and Communications at Black Knight. In a nutshell, we saw August's numbers continue to improve. Just 36200 for the month. Foreclosures hit an 18-year low, down by more than 23% from this time last year. So that's good news for the foreclosures. Of course, Black Knight, with their MSP system, has all the data. They have tons of data. We'll talk about that later on. But they're also the number of loans that are active in foreclosure continue to improve as well at 253,000. Prepayment speeds have increased by 5%. That's no surprise from July and has reached a three-year high. In fact, August's prepayment rate is up 62% from this time last year. So lots of good information. Check out all the results on the Black Knight Inc. Dot com website. Appreciate them for their sponsorship of the podcast. Also sponsors are the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, 
The Community Lenders of America, these two trade associations, protect consumers. So these two associations are so effective in helping make sure that they're not putting regulation out there that's going to end up hurting the consumer. Our talked about Black Knight. Very grateful to them. Go check out BlackKnightInc.com. Open Mortgage, the leading buyer of reverse mortgages, and also the home of some of the top LOs in the country. Finastra, who's the mortgage bot solution, automatically addresses compliance issues and delivers enhanced borrower satisfaction and increased productivity. I love their mobile app, their uh, point-of-sale mobile app. Very, very effective. Also, Redex Warehouse Lending, a division of United Bank. Check out Ken Jones's interview that we did last week on the September 16th. 2019 on the three pillars of successful leadership per Ken Jones. It's really good. Got some good feedback on that. Also, Lenders One of the Mortgage Collaborative, these two mortgage co-ops create competitive advantages for both lenders and vendor members. Both will be having open houses coming up um, just a little over a month from now at the National MBA Conference here in Austin for the annual MBA Conference. As well as Velma, an efficient marketing email marketing platform, getting the word out about our podcast and about your business, as well as KnowledgeCube, providing easy, fun training. You know what an LMS stands for? Allison taught me this. LMS stands for Learning Management System. That's what they are. Great tool and technology. Also, they put up some free content. Encourage you to check it out at knowledgecoop.com. And then Vidyard, a powerful video communications technology enabling you to powerfully connect with your customers. And last but not least, AI Assist, powered by Conversica. If you're looking for an AI solution, so many of our clients are. It's a new thing. It's a tool that sits AI Assist, as we talked about on the podcast some time back, where Roman talks about how they sit between you, the customer, and implement a, a really high-end system, and that was Conversica. So, yeah, that's right. Thanks, Paul, for letting me know. It's July 16th. It's amazing. I sit here and mention it, and all of a sudden on my screen, Paul starts writing on. Yes, Roman Benfield, <laughs> July 16th. Go check out that podcast. Also, special thank you to Alice, Andy, Alan, and Joe for their contributions each and every week to this podcast. The NBA's got their conference coming up. I got the word from Rob Van Raphorst. I'll be there at it. A lot of folks are going to be. This going to be a well-attended conference. And so I encourage you to check it out. Also become a part of Mall Mortgage Action Alliance. Without further ado, let's get over and get this week's MBA Mortgage Minute from Rob Van Rapphorst. Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, MBA submitted recommendations to the CFPB regarding the GSE patch. This was in response to the Bureau's advance notice of proposed rulemaking that begins the process of determining how best to replace the GSE patch and reform the qualified mortgage standard. It is currently set to expire in January of 2021. MBA's letter emphasized that an expiration of the patch without a defined plan to continue to serve these borrowers will have dramatic negative consequences for the housing market, resulting in more expensive or unavailable credit. Also last week, MBA submitted comments to Ginnie Mae in response to a request for input on a new stress testing framework designed to assess the financial performance of non-depository issuers across varying economic scenarios. MBA's recommendations caution against over-reliance on the stress test results. We urge Ginnie Mae to focus on stress testing as one tool among many in which results serve as the basis for further analysis rather than immediate actions limiting issuer participation in the program. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining. Yeah, some interesting stuff going on with the uh, Jenny Bay. And uh, 
Uh, I don't know if you saw a news article that came out. It was published by Bloomberg that uh, my good friend, uh, our good friend, Joe Murin, is being recruited back by the White House. We'll see if he shows up as the president of Jenny May and uh, what's going on there. But um, that's interesting that that article got leaked, or I think is the characterization of it. So what's going on, Jenny May? We've got good friends there. I'm going to got to call in to Michael Drain right now to get caught up with him. I'm sure he can't talk about anything official, but at least get caught up in seeing what the latest is with Jenny May. Hope need to get him back on the podcast. Michael, if you're listening to this, get ready. We want to have you back. It's a good podcast we had you on some time ago. Anyway, thank you to Rob Van Rapphorst for this week's Mortgage Minute. Oh, yeah, and be sure to sign up for Mortgage Action Alliance, folks. Ma, Mortgage Action Alliance, can't stress that enough. You've got to have your voice heard, and you do not need to be a member of the NBA. Les Parker's here with this week's TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Amesworth Advisors. In the White Room, with black curtains, meet the bankers. Black Hole Country, no rate payment, tired savings. Malden Economics publishes my favorite newsletter. It recently validated my long-held position that the financial world is dancing on the ledge of black holes. On the edge of black holes lies the event horizon, where conventional methods of finance and investing no longer hold. Negative interest rates, inverted yield curves, low velocity of money, mucho dinero, all of them sleep in this place with the desperate crowd, lie in the dark where the shadows run from themselves. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Ah, that brings up some memories from college days. A little psychedelic music. Makes you want to go get my old tie-dye t-shirt. Alice, put that thing on. <laughs> Remember those days a long time, time ago? So anyway, oh, yeah. good job. <laughs> kind of brought up. I was, that, was, that was really well done. It was really well produced. Les, thank you so much. TMSpotlight.com. Check out and subscribe. Les's daily newsletter. It's free. Anyway, Les Parker, check it out. Appreciate it. TMSpotlight.com. Joe Farr could not be here with us. We shed a tear over that. Only that. He'll be back. Don't worry. But he did connect with our producer and program director and scheduler and everything else par excellence. They recorded an update on this week's weekly market. So let's hear what Joe Farr has to say. Hey, Dave. Uh, Monday morning, about 10 o'clock Central Time. I'm recording this. I have to be somewhere around noon. So did want to give you an, a quick update. MBS prices are up a little bit this morning. Weak German manufacturing data has led to a decline in bond yields and a decline in the stock market, not a, not a big one. Uh, interesting to note that the MBS prices are up, but not near as much as 10-year Treasury prices. So if you're watching the 10-year Treasury, you need, need to be aware that things aren't quite as good in the MBS market or in the mortgage market as they appear in the Treasury market. Today, looking at last week, it was really a pretty good week for uh, MBS prices and mortgage rates. MBS prices improved about 75 basis points, which reversed a, uh, almost half, a little more than half of the drop in MBS prices that occurred the prior week. There were three really major market moving events last week on Monday, as we talked on the show last week. The market reacted to the weekend attacks on the Saudi oil fields. Now, that had a positive effect on MBS prices. 
Wednesday's Fed meeting was the next one. It caused a lot of volatility, but really by the end of the day, not much net change in prices. The statement didn't cause much reaction because it included pretty much what everyone thought. It announced a quarter-point rate cut. It also showed the Fed assessed the economy at about the same as it had at the last meeting. Now, following the, the statement, Fed Chairman Powell conducted a press conference, and the market was able to see the Fed member forecasts. This created some volatility. Both showed a less dovish Fed than had been expected, with fewer rate cuts in the future. NBS prices gave back their earlier gains at this time. Stocks fell pretty hard right after the press conference and the forecasts were released, but by the day, it pretty much recovered all that drop. Friday was the other day, and it had to do with the trade talks with China, and really was a misunderstanding. The market reacted negatively, uh, stock market anyway, to an announcement that the Chinese trade delegation had canceled some plans to go to Montana to visit soybean farmers and pork producers. This was viewed as uh, negative for the overall trade talks, when in reality it was just that they chose not to take that trip and wanted to get back to China sooner than they had previously planned. So later in the day on Friday and over the weekend, that really became a little more clear. Last week, we did have some good housing data. Home builder sentiment rose more than expected. Both the single-family housing starts and permits showed significant growth in August. And then existing home sales in August were the best they've been any time so far, 19. So good housing. Mm-hmm. There. Looking at this week, Dave, we have really only one real major economic data point to watch for. That comes out on Friday. It's the core PCE, PCE's personal consumption expenditure. This will be for August. It's released at 8.30. Now, this is the Fed's preferred inflation indicator. And if it shows inflation rising any faster than what the market expects, it, it could be a big negative in that the Fed is so sensitive right now to things like the actual state of inflation, and, and it could weigh on their decisions about future rate changes. We have more housing data to come out next week, new home sales on Wednesday, infinite home sales on uh, Thursday, actually, that should be this week. The third estimate, second quarter GDP, comes out on Thursday. Consumer confidence and consumer sentiment will come out this week, uh, confidence on Tuesday and sentiment on Friday. That can be a big event, certainly not to the extent of core PCE, but it's an important piece of information. There are many Fed members making speeches during the week, which could impact the market. And then, as has been the case in the past, new information regarding things like trade talks with China or Iran's involvement in the bombing of the Saudi oil fields. I mean, who knows where the data could come from, the information could come from, but there's a lot of things moving the market these days, so it's good to pay attention. Thanks, Dave. That's my comments for the week. Good job, Joe. You know, he is so conversational. Even when I was listening to him recording, I wanted to, it sounded like we were just like, like Joe's here like normal. So you hear me in the background. Oh, yeah, okay. And then I go, oh, that's right. He's recorded. I can't ask him any more questions or elaborate on that. So, missed you, Joe, but good job of the recording. Good job, Paul, and getting that done on such short notice. Really appreciate that. Let's get over to Scott Gordon of Open Mortgage talking about the science of sales. Scott Gordon here with a bit of science. Are you likable? If you're like me, you're thinking, yes, of course I am. And if I'm not, what does it matter as long as I do a good job? Failing to understand the importance of likability is a mistake many professionals make. Studies show that being likable is far more important than competence, both in the office and outside of it. We like people that are similar to us. We like people that complement us. And we like people that cooperate with us. When creating new relationships, engage in meaningful small talk and mine for personal information. 
Ask potential customers about their families in ways that relate to their purchase or mortgage needs. When meeting a realtor, do a quick Google search. Plan some questions you can ask casually. Find one or two specific traits or details to compliment. But remember, compliments must be TSP, true, specific, and positive. To get customers or realtors to open up for small talk, appear to be similar to them. Try mirroring. If you hear a phrase or see a mannerism, try adopting it during the course of your conversation. This will help build rapport and allow for a relaxed conversation. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's just the science of sales. That is good stuff. Science of sales. You know, I have more people calling me and saying, I really like that science of sales thing. It's giving me some real good tips and ideas. So, Scott, thanks for taking the time to do it. And if you're looking for a good mortgage company to go to work for, check out Open Mortgage. And if you're looking to get into the reverse mortgage business and looking for an investor, Scott Gordon can work with you there, too. So, Open Mortgage. Check it out. OpenMortgage.com. Alice Alvey is here with us. Last week we said, and here's Alice, CMB Vice President <laughs> of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage with this week's legislative update. Got to read that all the way through. I like that. And here's Alice. <laughs> here's have you. Johnny. Here's Johnny. It's good to have you with us. And I'm so excited you're going to be here in Austin, Texas for the annual conference. That'll be so good. Yeah, I am excited. And of course, uh, Union Home is a big sponsor of the Empower event that's being held Saturday. And I hear you're going to be broadcasting there too. Yes. And you're going to be joining me at the mic. We get to record a lot of good interviews with some top women leaders in the marketplace. So really excited to have you join me. Yeah, it's a great event. I really encourage every business leader out there, you know, since we're doing our segments on leadership here, a big part of that is making sure that you have good women leaders and you give the women the opportunity to grow just as much in that path. And this is really a great event. You just have to reassure everyone. It is all about just managing leadership in the workplace. It's not necessarily women specific, even though it happens to be an audience of women. I think the guys are welcome. It's not that they're excluded. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In uh, fact, I was just talking to Marsha and we got to tell everybody we have Marsha Davis coming on October 7th to discuss the upcoming Empower event. And so um, I would check with Marsha, make sure us guys are there. I know I get to sit outside with the booth. So if you're wanting to come meet some women leaders, come sit with me at the booth. Alice will be there on the mic with me part of the time. So they're excited. that's a great, great shout out. So I am thrilled that Bill and the group and company there do such a great job supporting of Empire. Yeah. Such a powerful, powerful event. And last year, remember that when we were in Washington, D.C.? You brought over this whole group. It was so much fun. They were so nervous. We were putting on, switching microphones around, putting on headphones. That was so much fun. Looking forward to that. Yes. They're a great group. Yes, Bill sends a good 10 of us out there. And then he's also hosting a women's leadership event here at the company level. So there will be uh, 600 women getting together, Union Home Women. And we have great speakers. Marsha Davies will be there. We're branding it with MBA. So, again, encourage all the leaders out there at mortgage companies to leverage MBA and their Empower event to be able to kickstart something at your organization, too. So I'm going to get on with the legislative update. Yes, um, yes. It, it was interesting that, well, I love the white room with black curtains that uh, lasted. That was really deep. Yeah. That <laughs> was go back and listen to that one a few times. He hit the nail on the head <laughs> with that one. The GSE patch that Rob Van Rampors talked about in the MBA section, you know, if you look at our time frame right now, we are, what, 
15 months or so, 16 months away from having to have something new where the GSD patch goes away. And when you look right. back at any other major piece of legislation that converts the industry, like take Dodd-Frank, for example, that was about 23 months from the time that there was actually a proposed rule, something for people to chew on, and then actual date for implementation. So we are way behind schedule on something this major to have happened by January of 2021. So we'll see what happens, but... I'm betting on extension. <laughs> I'm on extension. Yep, I would bet. That's a good bet. <laughs> You're safe with that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a betting person, but I'm, I'm betting on that. Um, anyway, the, a couple of quick things. Um, HUD's implementation of the FHA disparate input impact standard is still open for comment. You need to get your comments in by October 18th. This one has been has gone through round one already with a notice of proposed rulemaking. So this one actually now is our final round of being able to comment on how disparate impacts should be handled in mortgage banking. This is a big deal because as lenders out there for many, many years, the disparate impact rule has always been one of prove yourself innocent. You are guilty by virtue of data that you may not have and had any control of. You know, fair lending is a lot of looking in the rearview mirror at your data. Now, there are some software uh, companies out there that offer the ability to get you a more real-time forward-thinking look at it, but most of us are looking at those numbers in the rearview mirror, and at that point, it's too late. It's already the data is out there that there is a particular type of loan program or regional activity that's having some kind of a disparate impact. What this rules and these set of standards do is put a burden of proof on the challenging party. So the charging party or plaintiff would now have a burden of proof that their practice or that if they believe that a lender's practice is causing a disparate impact on a prohibited basis, that they would have to actually have some proof, not just commentary or hypothetical scenarios. They they have to be able to say that there's cause that would it would be predictably producing a, a discriminatory effect. Then it moves to the respondent to be able to say that then they have more facts to be able to challenge the angle, for example, that that party took in challenging their practices. So it gives us a bit of a process. Now, step three still allows that that charging party could have a challenge with whatever lending practice was going on. But for lenders who are concerned about data that just happens to come about, and I'm sure Andy can talk about this, where it's random data pulled that may indicate something that's not acceptable, it gives lenders a chance to be able to defend with a business process that made sense. So check that out. Uh, that, the comments are due by the 18th. And then last but not least, on September 10th, the CFPB issued three new policies. They believe these will open up some additional products in the market. To me, it looks like maybe some private investors might use this and some larger lenders. But essentially, they've now opened up a framework to have uh, compliance assistance from them where you could send in product information and CFPB would comment on whether or not the product is a fair and could be going through like a two-year trial period, whereas a lender, you wouldn't have to worry about getting written up for any possible till violations or RESPA violations. So it's an interesting set of three pieces of legislation that essentially work together in hopes of opening up the market for lenders to have more pilot programs. Pilot programs have essentially gone away because no one wants to, you know, as Mitch has said, Mitch Kiter has said many times, you don't want to find out you were wrong just through court of law. 
So I'd love to get Mitch on the show and talk a little bit about both these subjects. And uh, he can tell us if people are interested in the yeah. legal side of it. I'm sure he can help. But these are real interesting for lenders interested. And I would say like a non-QM pilot, check these out. And uh, they may give you an avenue to introduce a new product. And we're starting to see some new products come out. That's very good, Alice. Good, good, good suggestion. Excellent. And both to have Mitch back on it to talk about this. Your update, someone's just texted me, says, wow, i just so grateful, Dave, that you put up Alice's segment up on the website. He says, I'm referring that link out to so many people to go listen back to all that stuff. He now has it to a point where he requires his compliance people and number of other people within the company, ops people, they have to record it. He runs tests on your content here on the website. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? That's it's good All stuff. Right. It's that good. It's really, really good. That's like one person said, that Alice Alvey, she's golden. So is everyone else, oh. but they really value the stuff. So you're loved, Alice. You got a following out there. We're glad to have you been here since the beginning. Appreciate it so much. And looking forward to recording the interview with Bill this Friday. It's going to be this Wednesday. And we're going to be playing yep. that later on in the podcast and in a couple of weeks out. So anyway, appreciate so much. I just want to say, everyone, a shout out to Alice. It's appropriate with Alice's segment to talk about Knowledge Coop. They do a great job with fun and easy training technology. Hi, Nathan here from the Knowledge Coop. How are you at storytelling? You may have seen the J.J. Abrams TED Talk about this mystery box that he got. He tells the story of his grandfather giving him a gift, but he decided, for some reason, to never open it. To this day, it remains a mystery to him as to what's inside that box. When you are teaching your courses, how can you incorporate great storytelling and a mystery box into the lesson? See, that's what we strive to do here at the Knowledge Coop. So check out knowledgecoop.com for fun and easy training for the mortgage professionals, all video-based and all powered by a smart digital platform. Check out knowledgecoop.com. Nathan Nottingham does a great job of giving you updates. Alan Pollock is at the Digital Mortgage Conference in Las Vegas. He's in the middle of a demonstration and talking to some people. So he texted Paul and said, hey, just have Lick and say this on the podcast. He's going to give us a full report next week. But as a teaser, he says what he's hearing a lot of is remove the human time suck. In other words, all the things where humans are sucking time out of the process, where we can be automating more of that, using more technology. That's one of the themes he's hearing. He says, and I love this one, liberation of the human talent. Why do we have people and mortgage loan originators getting in and having to do a lot of detail work? That is just sometimes insane. Surround them with technology, surround them with people, get the salespeople out there selling, operating your greatest. So liberate your human talent to operate in their highest performance. And finally, personalization wins clients. That is so true. Personalization wins clients. So that's a couple of sound bites. Alan will be here next week giving us an update on what he heard. And we've got several other people in there running around. We'll be giving us some updates from the conference. Good conference. I hear it's well attended and expensive conference to attend if you're a vendor. A lot of good content there. So thank you, Alan. Appreciate the text and wish you the best out there. When you talk about technology, you got to talk about Finastra, and we're so pleased with our advertising relationship with them. Uh, next Monday, I'll be leaving right after the podcast to go up to Chicago to attend one of their upcoming events. 
they're one of the leaders now that they've been acquired and they're combined with my sister out of Europe, third largest fintech company, but it comes down to results. And you have to go listen to the interview we did with Eric Schwab when we were at the Independent Community Bankers Association conference earlier this year. It taught how the power of the, the Finastra apps and technology is working to make a difference in their originations. Appreciate them as an advertiser. Check it out, finastra.com, F-I-N-A-S-T-R-A.com. Andy, Shell, good to have you here with us. And we, I wish I could run a drum roll in the background. I'm learning how to add some sound effects in with some technology, but you now are officially Dr. Andy Shell. So the Prophet Doctor was a handle we gave you, but now it's official. You really are the Prophet Doctor. Thank you very much, Dr. Dave. And actually, I, I actually have a trademark title, Dr. Shell the Prophet Doctor. I love it. Dr. Shell the Prophet Doctor. That yeah, nice so the Prophet Doctor has been around probably since like May 2004 or so. I put it with one of my consulting companies. And then you liked it and started calling me it, and it's just stuck. So it's thank stuck. you very much. <laughs> That's so fun to see how something like that sticks. You know, it goes to kind you know, you put something around your identity like that, and it really sticks. It can make such a difference. So what you got for us this week? Well, Dave, I'm going to talk about hedging and how hedging is impacting mortgage companies and some of the risks that mortgage companies embrace because of hedging activity that is sometimes unknown. We, we all know that the interest rate lock commitment and loan held for sale is subject to market risk because otherwise rates wouldn't change all day long. So we, we know that there's exposure there, but how does that all fit all right. together? So this week at the MBA webinar on Wednesday, I'm going to be talking about hedging. And it's really, really designed to teach non-secondary marketing people about hedging. So I talk about words like you know, negative convexity, empirical duration, or um, duration modifiers, beta weighting, implied volatility. All these words are words that secondary marketing people throw at people to make them not ask any more questions. And so what I do in the webinar is I actually explain what all those words mean and how it all fits together. How the best efforts works obviously is very simple, but then the next step of having a TBA MBS short position as our value preservation tool until the loan's closed, and we enter into a short-term mandatory delivery commitment all while we're covering our shorts by implementing pair-off transactions of our open short position. So what I just said should be immediately perfectly clear to any CEO or any CFO in mortgage lending because it gets worse than that. It's like, for example, what happens when rates rise quickly and there is a hedge slippage as the short coverage reacts less quickly than the long value decline? So that's a little bit more complicated question, so let's break it down just a bit here. So when rates rise, the value of the loans in the IRLC fall. When rates rise, the value of the hedge and the MSR rises along with pull-through improves. So if the long position falls in value faster than the rise in value of the short position, then we've got a hedge mismatch. We've got our hedge wasn't perfect in a moment of high rate change volatility, and that can result in a loss. So the way that we fix that is by having the right hedge strategy can reduce the negative effect of rapid rise in rates and the volatility effect it can have on 
the long position because part of the challenge is, is that on the mandatory delivery desk, we're dealing with people. People, the desk, yeah. the Wells Fargo trading desk issues mandatory delivery commitments. And when there's a, a, a significant amount of volatility, they're likely to be more cautious in offering their bid position. At the same time, the TBA short position is going to react more quickly. And what's interesting, too, is when rates come back down, the values go back up, the rate that it changes is much slower. Values rise slower than they fall. So you got to take that into account as well. So anyway, I talk about this stuff. I explain why that happens, the math behind it, the finance behind it, and the people behind it. And this is something that I think is important for any CEO and CFO to know so that they can ask the right questions to make sure that the company is properly protected. And all that's on Wednesday. So go to mba.org, education, sign up, pay attention, attend the class, learn something that you maybe you didn't know or maybe you already knew. But it's my experience that the pool of people who know what I just said well is fairly small. So learn it. There's no reason why you can't learn it. I break it down into pieces so anybody can understand it. And there's nobody better to teach it than the professor of mortgages, Dr. <laughs> Shell. So true. And then you've got an open house coming up here at the conference. We want to tell and make our listeners aware of that. Yes, we're looking forward to our client reception that we're holding at the NBA. And so watch for emails about that. Good, good, good. We're looking forward to that. And uh, we'll hear more about where, when, all that kind of good stuff in future podcasts. Thank you, Andy, so much. And again, congratulations officially to Dr. Andy Shell, the profit doctor. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Well, that's appreciate that's very good. Much. Yeah, it was good having We actually had dinner on uh, Friday night celebrating that uh, with him. It's an early dinner, but it's really fun to get together with Andy. So anyway, check him out. Get a hold of him, Andy, at mbs-team.com. Check out the website, mbs-team.com. You got it. Folks, Thanks, that, You bet. Thank you, Andy. Now, that ends our weekly update. And if you're listening on a downloaded basis, that ends this segment or this podcast. But then stay tuned because we immediately roll into our Hot topic segment. Special thank you goes out to our sponsors, Black Knight, Open Mortgage, Resex, Warehouse Lending, a division of United Bank, and then also MBA, the Lenders One Cooperative, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative Cooperative, CMLA, Community Mortgage Lenders of America, Velma, Knowledge Group, Vidyard, and AI Assist. Thank you for listening and have a great week, everybody. See you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.